1: The men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause her rain on no the town love has left this land. God bless the U.S.
2: God bless the U.S.A. James Thorpe uh, joining us. He was uh, fired by. Uh, the St. Mary uh, Hospital in St. Louis uh, for talking about the uh, results of using the jab on women who are uh, pregnant and some of the problems that were associated with that. We also have a friend of mine that I met uh, just this summer, but a wonderful gentleman by the name of Al Zhao. And Al was working for the North Carolina Central University System as a chief of staff and working with the uh, dean of the school and with the trustees. And he was uh, also summarily fired for speaking the truth because he let the people know that uh, they didn't have the right to force vaccination on their students and on their staff. And so uh, this is going to be an interesting show. We're going to be talking about the whole phony scheme behind the jab and how so many people have been so harmed by this uh, forced vaccine program and uh, some of the mandates that came out. So that's going to be a great discussion. Great, Dan. I look forward to hearing it. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel, our Sunday afternoon program. And I want to thank everybody for joining us because we've got a really, really special program lined up today. I met a gentleman down in New Mexico about uh, two or three months ago by the name of Al Zhao. And Al is a Uh, educated. He's got his uh, degree in law and uh, he has passed the bar. However, he is not a practicing attorney, uh, but he works in the education field and has been doing that for a very, very, very long time. And uh, Al was the, um, I guess, the chief of staff for the dean at the University of North Carolina central university when they decided that they were going to enforce mandates and have everyone on campus and on staff vaccinated for them to be uh, allowed to be there and uh, he informed them he went through the charter for the university he's also a very good constitutionalist so that makes a difference as well when you understand that no one has the ability to force you to put things into your body that you don't want. Anyway, uh, Al uh, became uh, very involved in this, and he sent them a letter stating that they did not have the right, under the university charter, they did not have the right to try to force vaccine mandates. And uh, so they stopped the process they didn't force the vaccines but they turned around and fired him for uh insubordination because they told him they wanted him uh to ignore this and they wanted to go ahead and do those mandates uh so that's how i met al this summer we were on a uh at a friend's uh, speaking tour down in new mexico and we had a chance to visit and i thought wow this is going to be a great subject well Uh, He happens to be good friends with James Thorpe, who is another, who is a medical doctor who has practiced for 42 years and a well-known OBGYN, very familiar with the uh, process of uh, uh, small children and uh, certainly the process of women carrying children uh, to full term. And there were a lot of problems happening with uh, the people who got the jab. And he made a point of mentioning that to everybody. And he started publishing some papers about it. And as a result, he was fired from his job at uh, St. Mary's Hospital in St. Louis. So we've got quite a bit to talk about here. I guess I'll introduce Al. I'll introduce you. First to speak, and then uh, please, if you will, maybe you will uh, introduce uh, Dr. Thorpe. All right. Okay. Good to see you now. Yes, I can. Great,
3: great. First, I'd like to thank you, Dan, for your leadership uh, within the media world and inviting me to share my story on your program, connecting the dots, and the privilege of sharing this platform with with one of my heroes and brothers in Christ. Dr. Jim Thorpe, a great physician and an advocate for exposing the truth about the lies and deception associated with the experimental emergency use purported quote unquote vaccines in which I refer to as the mystery injections or gene therapy. And secondly, it's an honor to be heard and to be seen by your audience of sophisticated and prudent people who cherish their liberty and freedom and appreciate truth in broadcasting. Uh, I'd like to speak a little bit about my background and and what's more important uh, to me, Dan, is my my title as a a, a servant leader, a one who loves God uh, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in addition, on the secular side, I'm the CEO of ZG Consulting, a management consulting firm located in North Carolina. Uh, My firm serves the industries of higher education, healthcare, and the public sector. And uh, as you mentioned, I'm a lawyer by training, but I'm not practicing. And so nothing that I say today should be construed as legal advice, but only my personal opinion about the facts as it relates to my lawsuit I'm also a former senior university administrator and just one correction, Dan. I am I was the chief of staff to the Chancellor, not the Dean. I was the chief of staff to the Chancellor, the CEO uh, of the university. I also am a former tenured faculty member with over 20 years or so experience in higher education, taught uh, law at the graduate level as well as compliance and public health. I received my law degree from the University of Florida, and so that's my background. And if you'd like uh, at this point, uh, Nan, for me to go ahead and share my story, or I can just turn it over to Dr. Thorpe to introduce himself. Whatever your pleasure.
2: Well, uh, let let's, uh, Dr. Thorpe. I have uh, I have watched your videos. I've seen your information, and I. Uh, would dearly love to meet you uh, for the first time, and I would like to uh, maybe introduce you as well, or have you introduce yourself, because I certainly can't do justice to it. But then, uh, then we can kind of get into this general overall discussion about how truth doesn't matter anymore. As a matter of fact, they've made the truth illegal. Uh, they have... Uh, tried to silence anyone who speaks honestly about the data that's out there that very much questions the efficacy of this so-called vaccine program. Uh, Many of us just refer to it as the jab, but uh, it does have an awful lot of problems. And rather than address the problems like scientists and uh, people used to do, before the advent of uh, this new speaker society that we've got, uh, now you're uh, demonized and you're villainized if you speak the truth. So, Dr. Thorpe, please welcome to the program and uh, join us and introduce yourself, if you would, please.
0: Well, thank you so much, Dan, for having me on your illustrious platform. I'm I'm so honored, uh, and I look forward to meeting you uh, in person as well. You have a terrific platform, and and uh, Dr. Zhao, it's such an honor and a privilege to call you my friend and brother. And uh, it's been a long time. It seems like uh, we've been uh, hanging out forever, um, and and. And that feels really good. I, I think we first met, I can't remember, maybe 18 months ago at a meeting. And certainly uh, Dr. Al Zou is one of the people at this meeting that I met that just struck out at me as being an incredible warrior of truth. Um, and it's, it's just really awesome. Um, can I share my, can I um, turn my video on? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Please do. Doesn't seem to want to turn on. Why don't you go ahead with Dr. Zhao and and I'll I'll okay. cancel out and then come back in and maybe it'll work.
2: Okay, then we can hear your full story. All, All right, right. Uh, Al, yeah. uh, thank you. Uh, let's hear the entire story of the experience that you had because it was fascinating. I've heard the story at length, and I'll be honest with you, I uh, it it was one of those amazing stories that tells me what a a truly fine Christian man you are. And that's what uh, comes out of this whole thing is that we're in a battle of good and evil. Why in the world do they want to do what they're trying to do? I'll leave you uh, to tell the story of how they tried to hijack everything you tried to do.
3: Well, Dan, thank you so very much. I, um, my story, as you indicated, it's a it's somewhat winding and meandering in terms of what happened with me, but I'll start at the top and just begin with, and take the audience back to April 15th, 2021. And on April 15th, 2021, I was in a meeting of a board of governor, excuse me, a, a board of visitors meeting for North Carolina Central University. And while sitting in that meeting, one of the board members uh, asked the chancellor a question. And that question was, Chancellor, uh, will North Carolina Central University mandate vaccines for its students and employees? And to my total shock and amazement, when the chancellor responded, he actually responded by describing those who are unvaccinated with a COVID slur, and I will not mention what that slur is because of the pending litigation. However, he used a, a COVID slur against all unvaccinated students, employees, etc., which was quite amazing. Well, you fa- we fast forward from that meeting uh, four days later on April nineteenth, twenty twenty one. I am in a uh, COVID-19 meeting with the committee to to discuss uh, the status of certain protocols that have been implemented uh, at the university for faculty, staff, and students. And so the chair of this committee decided to raise a non-agenda item, which I thought was very strange as I was sitting there on this uh, Zoom call meeting. And she indicated that she wanted to discuss mandating these experimental unlicensed and unapproved vaccines, allegedly vaccines, which uh, as we know were Pfizer, uh, J&J and Moderna. And so she goes into this discussion about, well, she thinks that the students at NCCU, which, by the way, we're talking approximately uh, eight, uh, 8,000 students and 1,100 employees at the time, and she indicates that she would like to conduct a vote to, in fact, uh, decide whether we would we would recommend it to the chancellor to approve the rollout and injections into arms and bodies of 9,100 faculty, staff, and students. I immediately said to the chair of the committee, I says, just hold up a minute. I think that everyone should have received my email that I transmitted that was sent to me as chief of staff at the university from the University of North Carolina system chief of staff in which she indicated to all chiefs of staff to communicate to uh, the various constituencies that the UNC system would not be mandating vaccines at that time. Now keep in mind this is April of 2021 uh, prior to and of course the so-called vaccines were under emergency use authorization so at this time I said to everyone I says how could we move forward when everyone knows that the system which North Carolina Central University for purposes of your listeners, they are a constituent uh, institution of the University of North Carolina system. And so the university must comply with the policies and procedures that have been promulgated by the UNC system. And so, nonetheless, when I made that statement and I opposed and objected to them moving forward, to my surprise, as chief of staff, they all knew that I speak uh, on behalf of the chancellor. So it was very uncharacteristic for them to push this forward once I placed everyone on notice. So I knew that there was something uh, awry in what was going on. And so several members of the committee decided to chime in and says, well, we cannot wait, despite the fact that I told them that they could not move forward, it would in fact be illegal, they moved forward anyway and decided to conduct the vote. That vote was taken and the results were 20 to 1. And no surprise, I was the only person to not uh, uh, vote for this illegal mandate. And so the next day on April 20th of 2021, this recommendation was scheduled to be presented to the chancellor for his Uh, review and approval or disapproval. Well, actually, right before the meeting began, which was supposed to start at uh, 9 a.m., about 8.30 or so, I checked my email and discovered in my email that the night before, uh, an email had been sent to uh, a group within the uh, COVID-19 committee, and I was a member of that group as one of the leaders And it indicated that there was a letter that had been prepared, a draft letter, joint letter to be signed by the chancellor and the director of Durham County's health department, which is the county in which the university sits. And so when I saw this uh, proposed draft letter, I quickly read it. And as I read it, I was able to pick out a line within that particular letter, which I knew was illegal and objectionable. And so I immediately uh, responded to that group email and indicated that I had a problem with it and I I inquired as to how could they make this statement in this letter when it was inconsistent with federal, state, local law, as well as UNC system policy. And so once I did that, I hit send and then I immediately rushed off to get to the nine o'clock meeting. And as I joined the nine o'clock meeting, it became quite apparent and clear as I saw the demeanor of the chancellor that apparently my email, which became a public record, had apparently either been discussed or transmitted to him because at that time, he then indicated that he would not be moving forward on this recommendation and that he would have to refer it to the legal staff. He spoke to the general counsel on this Zoom call and said to her, well, we need to check with the UNC system uh, legal staff on this. And so I internally was extremely um, pleased that he was not gonna move forward, but I knew that based upon the draft letter that had been prepared, based upon a 20 to one vote, that there was a very high probability that this particular illegal act was going to be moving forward. And if it did, it could have opened up a uh, a, a chain reaction, uh, domino effect, within the entire UNC system, colleges and universities, and which compiled of uh, composed of rather seventeen institutions. And so, had North Carolina Central been able to move forward with this illegal mandate, it could have had devastating impact not just on the 9,100 students and employees at North Carolina Central University, but also could have impacted the 240,000 plus students within the entire system, uh, as well as 75,000 plus employees. And so I I was just so grateful that uh, I believe providentially that uh, I was used to derail this illegal act. And while the chancellor did in fact refer it to the legal staff at the system, I already knew that it was illegal based upon what the Mm -hmm. system had already concluded. And so within uh, about 10 days after I derailed this illegal act, that's when the president of the UNC system came out with a letter, which is public knowledge. In uh, a public record, he came out on on April 29th uh, and indicated that the UNC system could not move forward with any mandates that it would, in fact, not be legal for them to move forward. So I was extremely pleased and excited. However, that would would be short lived, and I will I will touch on that a little later in the story. But as soon as the derailment occurred, uh, I began to experience, uh, within I guess a couple of weeks, what I would describe as textbook uh, retaliation toward me. Uh, immediately, I began to suffer material adverse events, which I will not go into at this time, but suffice it to say, I suffered with multiple adverse events, impacted my supervisory authority and other matters uh, up until uh, september of uh well actually up until august 5th of 2021 the system actually stood for no no mandated vaccines but on august 5th sadly the president of the system the same president that issued a a letter that indicated they that the system would not be mandating vaccines, they decided to reverse themselves on August 5th, 2021 and to adopt what the nation probably knows uh, and can remember, get vaccinated or get tested. So this was the mantra that uh, President Biden introduced through OSHA he introduced this concept of get vaccinated or get tested which is really an illusion because it's really no choice whatsoever you either mm-hmm. take the jab or you lose your job and so it's the you know it's the job or the jab or if you're a student it turned out to be and resulted in your job or your potential education which i knew was dead wrong and so this edict was issued on august 5th and then within a, that that very same day that the president of the system UNC system issued this a memo to all chancellors the very same day the director and the chief hr officer human resources officer at north carolina central university which was one of the members of the committee that i served on when i was the only sole vote against the illegal mandate the chief HR officer, in fact, voted for this illegal mandate. And so now he issues, with the green light from the system, he issues uh, an edict to all North Carolina Central employees that whoever traveled, it was a travel memo, whoever would travel on university business or for that matter, personal business, would have to submit to a, a negative COVID-19 test before you could return to campus. And so I actually had to travel in August. And I knew at that point that once I would have to travel, then I would then have to deal with the issue of submitting to what I knew was an illegal act of a PCR test, which you know, we all know, and hopefully your listeners know, it was under, it and still is, was an emergency use authorization, experimental, unlicensed, and unapproved. But yet it was being used this so-called PCR test, uh, which is non-diagnostic, but yet it was being used as a diagnostic tool to prevent any employee from returning to work. And so once I traveled, I had to also self-quarantine for seven days. Here I am, a healthy individual, healthy employee, but yet I'm being subjected to this travel memo policy issued on August 5th, 5th, 2021, that I must now stay at home, self-quarantine. And one of the things, uh, Dan, that you had mentioned about how crazy it is uh, the times that we live in, for sure, in terms of common sense. And I indicated it at, to the director of human resources and his staff, I indicated to them, since when uh, the, is a person uh, presumed that's, that's healthy, presumed to be sick, it made no sense at all. So in other words, you're sick until proven healthy, <laughs> which is totally makes no common sense, no scientific sense, no medical sense. But nonetheless, this is a state institution that was involved in this type of um, a mandate. And so I did not in fact submit to this COVID-19 negative test. What I did do was I submitted my medical exemption to this non-diagnostic PCR or viral test, and my doctor clearly indicated that I should not, in fact, uh, move forward to take this PCR test. Not only was it uh, non-scientific, unlicensed, unapproved, emergency use, and experimental, but also, it's also been known, and, and Dr. Thorpe can chime in on this a little later, possibly, and that is that this PCR test that was used to uh, with the, uh, the the part of the going up the nostril, you know, with that particular uh, tube was also a possibility that there is uh, a cancer causing agents on that swab that's gonna be put, punch, punched up your nose. And so that was a problem as well. Well, unfortunately, uh, and to my surprise, uh, prior to me submitting the medical exemption, uh, on September 7th of 2021, uh, I uh, came to campus uh, for my regular uh, executive leadership meeting. And after I left that meeting, at that point, the when I returned to my office, I actually had a letter that had been slid under my door uh, by the chancellor, and that particular letter indicated that I had violated the travel memo by not submitting by not submitting this particular uh, COVID-19 uh, test. And Dan, did you have anything that you want? No, I,
2: I'm, I'm. The story is fascinating. Obviously, there's so much more to this than. Uh, just a matter of protocol. So when, uh, go ahead and finish your story, please, because I think it's important that people realize how you were being strong armed into doing something that uh, frankly was not only a violation of your human rights, but it was also contrary to the whole
3: university system um, protocols. Yes, absolutely. And and so, when I in fact uh, had to deal with this co- this so-called travel travel memo, uh, I received when I returned to my office on September seventh, this letter was waiting on me. And the letter actually indicated that I had violated um, the actual travel memo. And I indicated quickly to I typed out my response to this letter from the chancellor, my direct a uh, supervisor and I indicated that in my opinion, I had not in fact violated this COVID-19 travel memo uh, because I in fact had, had submitted uh, documentation to the HR office that should in fact resolve this issue and prove that I had not violated the policy. Well, I had to leave campus immediately and I was literally banned from campus and unbeknownst to me, I would never return back to my office again. That was my last time being in my office because when I went home in in response to the letter from the chancellor, uh, you know, I complied with his letter indicating that he would like for me to leave campus. I did that. And um, for the next couple of weeks, I went back and forth with HR who refused to even engage in any type of interactive um Uh, communications with me as required by EEOC for any type of reasonable accommodation. And so I went back and forth for a couple of weeks and at the, during this period of time, I decided at one point, I says, well, it appears now that in fact, uh, they are stonewalling me and they probably will not be moving forward on my medical exemption. And so I filed a public records request exactly 48 hours after filing that public records request, uh, I was terminated wrongfully. uh, And they violated my constitutional, my statutory rights uh, on the federal level as well as on the state, state level. And so on October 1st, I was able to last approximately five months between the time that I engaged in my act of what I call interposition, which I just placed myself between these wrongdoers at the time and the very faculty staff and students that I was there to, to serve. And so approximately five months later, after going through five months of retaliation, uh, I was then discriminated against, uh, in terms of unvaccinated individuals, as well as wrongfully terminated on October 1st. And so, uh, that's, That's my story and I am now currently in litigation against the UNC system in North Carolina Central University as well as naming the president, the chancellor and the chief human resources officer in their official as well as individual capacities. And so that's my story and I thank you so very much uh, for your patience in listening to what transpired with me being wrongfully terminated and fired for, in fact, standing up for the truth, standing up against an illegal act, which, by the way, again, was admitted to by the university, admitted to only after they fired me, they were forced to admit that when I uh, stood up against them, and I put it in writing and, and was the sole vote, that, in fact, it was an illegal act. But of course, the very people that engaged in this activity, nothing has been done to them, and they've moved on with their lives and remain there at the university employed. So thank you so very much, Dan, for this well, opportunity.
2: Al, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, uh, what were the formal reasons given for your termination?
3: Well, because I was a, a, an at-will employee, and as an at-will employee, any at-will employee can be terminated for no reason or for any reason. And when I received my letter, it was no reason stated, because quite frankly, it was purely pretextual because they know they couldn't state the reason that, yeah, we terminated you because (laughs) you stood up against and and opposed an illegal action. And so what the chancellor did, which is pretty standard for state institutions, when you're an at-will employee, They'll just let you go and they call it, uh, you know, quote, just a discontinuation, not even a termination. They call it, dis- we're gonna discontinue you without any reasons whatsoever. And so that's the reasons that were given to me. And as an at-will employee though, I do have the right, if in fact I oppose an illegal action, there are exceptions to this at-will doctrine. And that's the. those are the types of ex- exceptions that I have alleged within my current lawsuit. Got it. Okay.
2: Now you were uh you were at other university systems before that. Uh how long had you been with uh North Carolina Central University within that system?
3: How long had you yes, been Yes, with- I've been there approximately four years, mm-hmm. uh approximately three, three, three years and ten months uh, when they terminated me. And and by the way, you in this in that UNC system, you vest in terms of your retirement benefits at five years. And so they got rid of me right before I really was supposed to vest. And, you know, when that happens, you you automatically lose, you know, a substantial amount of whatever the contribution of the state was for that. So that's part of my damages as well. OK, every
2: single performance evaluation that you had had prior to this event, to this termination, tell us how every single one of your uh, performance uh, evaluations had been uh, labeled, how they'd been, well, the, the scores
3: that you got. Well, actually, I, you know, because of the pending lawsuit, I won't get into any details with that. Suffice it to say that uh, I had no problems whatsoever in terms of any evaluations, and I was a stellar distinguished employee as the chief of staff to the university. The, the chancellor in whom I reported to had no problems with me in terms of my performance. Uh, neither did the board of trustees in which I served as the assistant secretary, to the board of trustees and I performed uh, as expected, uh, as well as I also was a supervisor to the university's police department, Dan. And also (laughs) while the uh, discharging the duties and managing the police department, the very department before I no longer uh, served as their supervisor, I was uh, uh, given an award uh, from the department for my leadership uh, and my uh, ability uh, to assist the officers in executing the mission and the goals of the actual department. And so I I think I would be considered uh, as a distinguished employee prior to all of a sudden now, I have fallen out of grace with the Mm -hmm. chancellor once I stood up for the truth and I stood up for the legal uh, standards at that time, and that these uh, particular so-called mandates are, in fact, illegal. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's my basic um, profile in terms of as an employee at the university.
2: And uh, tell me, Al, did you see any evidence that uh, money had anything to do with their acceptance of the COVID vaccine mandates? In other words, was there money involved? Were they receiving grants or funds of any kind that would make them
3: want to jump on that pro-Jab bandwagon? Great, great question, Dan. Absolutely. I mean, universities all over the country, when they received the CARES Act money, Millions. And Remember now, Congress uh, approved. You know, I guess about a, almost a billions and billions of dollars in the CARES Act, as well as other appropriations to the states, and those states then divot out that that those funds uh, to the various uh, departments with at the state level. And the UNC system is one of those who, in fact, received. I know at one point w- before I was terminated, the people that announced it were literally giddy about it, and they said, oh, we got a check for, I believe, a billion dollars. And so, oh, wow. yeah, you know, the 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 <laughs> love of money we know is the root of all evil. And you talk about incentives. Yes, there were many, many incentives for the university, the university system, all over the country in order to take this largesse, private and public, and it, in order to promote what they were told to promote through CDC and FDA, and that is, quote unquote, that this quote unquote vaccine was safe and effective. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Thorpe can totally address uh, in in this whole issue of whether or not this so-called vaccine was safe and effective. And we all know that it has been proven that it is not safe and effective based upon the evidence that has Emerged, uh, you know, about Pfizer and 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 the FOIA requests that were produced. That I'm sure Dr. Thorpe can address sufficiently uh, when he speaks to you about. But absolutely, Dan, great incentive, and that incentive was tied to a contractual obligation for these for these entities, the universities, to stay in, in line with this so-called promotion of safe and effective and not telling them exactly what they needed to know as an educational institution, what they should have been saying is that this is the definition of informed consent. This is the federal law that applies to any EUA product that in fact is under emergency use. Federal law requires that the entities that are distributing these uh, uh, emergency devices and drugs uh, in this human experiment that they must tell the individuals they have an absolute constitutional right to accept or refuse this emergency use so-called drug emergency use pcr etc and i can tell you right now that was not done in my case and it surely wasn't done when i was at the university and the evidence is unequivocal and clear that the very edicts that were promulgated, did not include in it anything about informed consent, anything about you have a right to, in fact, accept or refuse. But yet, in fact, you had penalties associated with the distribution of this actual so-called vaccine, which job or jab, job or your education. So mm-hmm. many millions of people were derailed in their dreams, students, etc., And it breaks my heart to know that students in particular, their careers were derailed educationally, all behind this so-called COVID-19 pandemic.
2: Well, Al, and I, I want to get uh, Dr. Thorpe into the discussion. Uh, he's got a great story, but I have to tell you, it it is the same in so many industries. This was a a designed play to force something on the American people and literally the world, but a lot of the world didn't go along with the program. And incidentally, the countries that didn't, a lot of them had a much lower death rate than the countries who did go along with the program. Dr. Thorpe, uh, your video looks good, everything's working now. Uh, I want to uh, welcome you to the program This is an excellent place for you to enter because Al said something very important, safe and effective. The COVID jabs were neither safe and effective, and part of the reason that you were terminated was because you literally pointed out that the emperor has no clothes. Dr. Thorpe, please join us.
0: Thank you very much. Can you hear me okay, Dan? Wonderful. You look great. Well, thank you very much for
2: bearing with my uh,
0: technical problems. I switched out to my laptop here, so uh, I I appreciate the opportunity to be with you and to be with your audience and and also Dr. Zhao. Listen, this is just real clear and simple, Uh, illegal, unethical, and immoral fascist anti-science behavior, which uh, this administration has been under for quite some time. And it really shouldn't surprise anybody that UNC University of North Carolina would act in blatant disregard of laws, blatant disregard of discrimination, blatant disregard for science. It should not surprise anybody. Did not Francis Collins do his gain-of-function research from UNC, University exactly. of North Carolina,
2: exactly. is not
0: the University of, uh, of North Carolina one of the coveted puppeteers of the CDC and the HHS? Those others who have received hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars from of my tax dollars, by the way, your tax dollars, Dan, we never agreed to that. Um, So that this is pure and simple, And, and I don't look at it as an injustice. I look at it as a beautiful opportunity that God gave Dr. Zhao and myself, Dr. Jim Thorpe, on a silver platter to expose the horrible, unethical, illegal, and immoral capture of the entire society. Um, But yes, um, these 12 centers, or there may be 14 of them nationally, have been coveted and handpicked to use as the puppeteers of the disinformation campaign. Remember, they accuse us of disinformation when we were telling the truth. Um, Disinformation that this government has put out has perpetrated that it's the United States of America, and are puppeteers, which is all the healthcare systems, the major healthcare systems, that have promulgated and are at least directly and indirectly responsible for killing and injuring 50 million, far in excess of 50 million people worldwide. And and let's let's just take a time out right here and let's go back to what the CIA, what was discovered last week. But what happened? Well, I think all Americans should know what happened. The CIA was in on this. The CIA brought Anthony Fauci at least once, illegally, unethically, immorally, to affect policy via the CIA. He was entered through a back door. That's not being forthright. That's not being transparent. He never signed in. And this was reported by the New York Post last week. And the New York Post went on to say that the CIA paid six different major informants to hide the fact that it was the United States of America that perpetrated illegally the gain-of-function research. Listen, this grieves me to say this because I'm a veteran. I'm a disabled veteran. I wasn't disabled in combat. I come from a long lineage of war heroes um, of whom I'm not one of them. Okay, I did serve in the Air Force. Um, The wars in my lifetime are not like the wars of the greatest generation of of the last generation, but it it shouldn't come to a surprise to anybody. Um, You know, I am just horribly upset to see that our country has descended to the level A deserving title that the Iran mullahs have called us since 1979, the great Satan. Mm -hmm. We have fulfilled our destiny as the great Satan. We are the great Satan. It wasn't Xi. It wasn't President Xi Jinping. It wasn't North Korea's dictator. It wasn't Putin. It wasn't the Iranian theocratic mullahs that unleashed this killing, mass killing injury. It was the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I want to go back to 1962. I want to go back to the famous. Um, I want all of you to remember this famous American woman who stood for truth and who protected my pregnant women in 1962 from the pharmaceutical cartel implementing thalidomide nationally, Mm -hmm. and her name is Frances Oldham Kelsey, and she was awarded a great honor on stage in front of the whole world. She worked for the FDA on the world. She was awarded the honor of saving tens of thousands of American pregnant women to this catastrophe of thalidomide. Mm-hmm. And just remember now, a year before 1962, what President Dwight Eisenhower said to the United States of America, he said, and I quote him, former president, five-star general. W- what did Eisenhower say? He said that the greatest threat to the United States of America and in the world is the CIA and the, the military industrial complex. Mm-hmm. He said that in 1961 in January, um, about two years later, You know, remember what went on during those those before 1963 in the Kennedy administration. The military was out of control. Okay, they had direct orders from JFK not to load bombs on aircraft and to go bomb Castro in Cuba. Direct orders. They went against him, against his direct orders. To whereby he had to send family members down to the airfield in South in, in Southern Florida and take pictures and touch the bombs. They, they were loading onto the planes to go try to get in a war with Castro. That's exactly what happened. And then in 1963, in June, uh, uh, my uh, hero uh, JFK, President Kennedy, uh, w- what did he do? He said, in no uncertain terms, at the uh, the the um, university commencement speech in Washington um, D.C. He threatened, he spoke of his intentions to take down the military industrial complex in the CIA. And he said, quote, they will be shattered into 1000s of pieces and cast to the winds. Six months later, they the CIA assassinated him. Five years later, the CIA assassinated his brother, RFK. Now fast forward to 60 years, there's a third Kennedy just running for the operation. And what's this illegal cartel trying to do? Under law, under constitutional law, they are responsible for providing RFK Jr. with Secret Service. They've refused to do so. He -hmm. was uh, an attempted uh, alleged uh, assassin, came in uh, close proximity to him in the past few weeks, armed with a gun. So, So they clearly did the in essence, assassinated Trump, in essence, Mm -hmm. uh, so to speak. They don't care whether there's another uh, Kennedy murdered and assassinated. They don't really care. They just as soon have that done. Um, This is is horrible, horrible, horrible stuff for me to say as a United States veteran. But look what else has happened. You know, the... um, you know, Dr. Zhao and I have this gift on the silver platter, and I'm so grateful that you're allowing us to speak out. The gift that you saw on the silver platter is Dr. Zhao. I know him, okay? He's a brother. He's a close friend. Mm-hmm. All right, he he has uh, ethical, moral, intellectual integrity beyond most everybody else at University of North Carolina. I, I guarantee you that. I know him. I know his heart and I'm proud to stand with him, but they couldn't come after him and drum up fake charges. So they just had to do their dirty deeds. And if they didn't execute him, what they would have to do is pay back every penny of that billion dollars. The exact same thing happened to me at SSM health. You know, I was working for uh, four and a half years. I was by far and away I'm told and I know it because I kept records. I was by far and away the most productive member uh, of that department and uh, that um, division, Maternal Fetal Medicine Department of OBGYN. I saw 27,500 high-risk OB scams, not even including the consultations, just four and a half years. That's wow. five times more than some of my junior partners. The only person that came close to me, I outperformed them twofold. So I made massive amounts of money for SSM Health, the Sisters of St. Mary's Health, one of the largest Catholic healthcare systems. And by the way, I was the most extensively published. Mm -hmm. You know, you add several of the members of the department and the division together, they don't come close to me. I have, you know, close to 250 publications, 70 of which were just in the last couple of years. Now, all of those are not on um, National Library of Medicine, but they're all available on my CV, uh, available for anybody's request. And the vast majority of those are peer-reviewed medical journal publications, all the publications I presented COVID-related in the last year, they went, listen, I'm a military guy. I got a chain of command. I know how to follow orders and chain of command. Every single publication went to my supervisor. Not once, not a once was I invited to have an academic discussion. I was told to shut up and put up, and I didn't. Uh, and, and so I was the most academically, um, by far and away, uh, in the department, but yet I was suppressed, censored, and repressed. I was by far and away the number one monetary contributor of the system. And, and uh, thirdly, I'll add that uh, according to several of my friends in the system, I was the most loved. So um, when I got a call, and, and it was on June 29th, Um, At uh, 1.05 p.m. Central Time, Uh, my my wife was in attendance to the call and she's an attorney, uh, also has a divinity degree from Duke University. So everything that they said, we wrote down and for 30 minutes, the CEO, Mr. Kevin Elledge, raved about my moral integrity, my ethical integrity and called me a model physician for the system and told me how much I was loved and respected for 30 minutes. And then he said to me, well, Dr. Thorpe, we do have some bad news here. Um, we're um, we're having some financial difficulties, so we're going to have to invoke the termination, no cause termination clause in your contract. Um, and, and I said, well, that's fine. I, I kind of knew that was coming. Um, but then he went on to do something a, a little bit more concerning. He pushed a massive amount of money at me and I said, you know, Mr. Elledge, I I really don't want your money. Um, and, um, I said, I really don't need it. If you guys are having financial difficulties, you take the money, uh, and you keep the money. And he kept pressing in and said, well, if you don't need it, you know, your five grandkids need it. I said, no, no, we, we don't need your money. You, you keep your money. Um, and then five minutes, uh, After the conversation, before the conversation ended, he just then sent me the letter of separation and the contract that he asked me to sign. Well, so we didn't even see it. The contract that he asked me to sign, uh, according to attorneys that have looked at it, is the most stifling, non disparagement NGA, NDA that they've ever seen. It held me not only responsible for not disparaging or saying anything negative about SSM Health Hospital. It held me accountable for anybody else in the world that said anything negative about mm. their termination of me. Um, so I, I'm very grateful that I didn't take the money, and so that um, it, it it shouldn't it, it they you know they were kind and honorable. They were lying. I was the number one producer in the department, so obviously I like to say they were they Tucker Carlsonized me. They Mm -hmm. sacrificed me regardless that I was the number one money producer for them, because if they kept me, they received a call from HHS or CDC or the American College saying, you need to terminate Thorpe, you need to execute him, or you need to pay back all the money. Now, my wife uh, and I have published extensively together. She's an incredible investigative attorney sleuth. Um, As Dr. Zhao pointed out, she broke the Freedom of Information Act request documenting that the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists accepted a massive amount of money in early 2021. And they were bound, they were bound by a cooperative care agreement, legally binding contract that stated they were not allowed to say anything other than the narrative of HHS and CDC. And if they did, they were penalized and would have to pay all that back. We had 1,400 pages of information communications between HHS CDC and a private non-governmental organization. The oh. private non-governmental organization. It's the same thing they did with UNC. Um, they acted illegally, unethical, and immorally. The government is not allowed to enter By Constitution, by federal law, they are not allowed to enter any type of an agreement with any private institution that goes against the constitutional rights of that individual. Everything that UNC did to Dr. Zhao is illegal. Everything that SSM Health did to me was illegal, unethical, and immoral. But let's talk about the greater problem here. And so, you know, the HHS and our government is out of control. And, and I can say the same thing for most Western nations. Look at, look at Canada. Look at, look, look at the goofy nut job uh, Trudeau. Look at what that goofy crackhead nut job did. He flies a state uh, uh, jet to uh, formal meetings in, in maybe New Delhi or wherever in India. Well, the India, uh, Indian government caught him with his pants down on the he's got massive amounts of cocaine in the plane and uh, allegedly he's so stoned from the cocaine that he can't even go to the meetings that he was supposed to be at and and it's not jim thorpe exposing this this is these allegations are from the indian government okay. well, what, what do we see from the white house what do we see just two weeks ago It's the same thing in the white house the white house was loaded with cocaine oh where did that come from you know, I mean, and, and, and if that's not bad enough, September 5th, you got the formal congressional delegate of uh, the Select Committee of Energy and um, uh, Energy Committee uh, headed by Miss um, Rogers. I, I believe her name was Kathleen Rogers and two other congressmen. W- what did they state? It's horrifying. They said that this government is off the rails they're illegal they're unethical they had 14 employees including anthony fauci himself who were operating illegally without authorization for the last 12 months and hhs cdc and and their uh, their new chairperson they think they're above the law you know we the people have to follow the laws but they're above the laws they never had appointments. So Fauci is awarding, granting billions of dollars to his cronies doing this illegal, unethical funding. And it was, he had no authority to do that. And, you know, HHS is just thumbing their nose at him. So, you know, I, I believe that subsequent to my termination, my wife, Maggie Thorpe, JD, MACP, uh, went on and we discovered that SSM Health took $306.9 million dollars, 306.9 in early 2021. And this is an opportunity for me to, to um, tell all of your listeners, spoiler alert, your government doesn't care about your health and your wellness. They want to keep you sick. They want to keep you dumb. They want to kill you. They want to kill you. And it's the same thing for the healthcare systems. The one that i just came from and all the rest of them my job as a physician is to honor my relationship to my creator to my constitution and to my patients and i did that and i will never ever violate either one of those agreements and those that i have with, with god with my constitution and with my patients every physician who works for a health care system is doing just that we New, February 28th, 2021, Pfizer, 5.3.6, their 90-day legally mandated data was complete. What did we learn? We learned it was the deadliest drug, call it what you want, drug, medicine, vaccination, medical intervention, gene therapy, I don't care what you call it. It was the deadliest one ever rolled out in the history Mm -hmm. of medicine killing 1,223 people died after the vaccine, 80% of them within one week. Mm-hmm. 50, 40 to 50% of them within 48 hours in 10 weeks. Deadliest drug ever. So what did uh the, uh assistant secretary Mark Weber of HHS do at that time and all the other cronies, Scott Gottlieb and all these uh all, all these people that are so unethical and, and so what do they do? They attempted to conceal that from the American people for 55 to 75 years. Can you imagine that? And then what did they do? In the next step, they roll out at least $13 billion to over uh, almost 300 members, founding members of the COVID-19 community core entering in these binding contracts. And by the way, In my substack and on on my accounts, I'm a student of the Bible, and I'm a student of of end times prophecy, and the Holy Spirit kind of gave me a a term for this contract. As prophet Isaiah uh, prophesied 2,800 years ago in the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, verses 15 to 18 in the end times, twice is mentioned the term, what will occur, covenant with death covenant mm-hmm. with death. Go read it. I, am I suggesting to you or to your listeners that this is the ultimate fulfillment of the covenant of death? No, I don't think it is. I think I know what the ultimate fulfillment is, but this is for sure a partial fulfillment of the covenant of death. This is um, These people are entering into a contract, including all the physicians, all the physicians employed by the. They're turning a blind eye. They are allowing these institutions to perpetrate death, and injury in their patients. And if they at all object or if they inform, they will be accused of misinformation and they will be terminated or they will be decredentialed and de-licensed. So, you know, this is a beautiful time, uh, you know, for me to to put in a wake-up call to the American people and really the global population. This is we are the great Satan, United States of America. Um, and for those of you in the healthcare systems, get out. Get out as quick as you can. The Sisters of St. Mary's or any other, I don't care what their faith is, they took money. They took money for your lives. They don't care about your lives. All they care about is enriching themselves. And I want you to come over to a parallel healthcare system the wellness company. Mm-hmm. The wellness company. We are a parallel healthcare system and we don't care about. Money. We don't care about making underhanded, illegal, unethical contracts with the government to line our own pockets. No, we don't care about that. Our our founder, Foster Colson, our CEO, Peter Gillily, our chief legal counsel, Chris Barron. Listen, this is my new family. These are people who. I put my life on the line for them because they put their life on the line for my patients globally. Um, And, and I'm, I'm really, really honored to be the uh, chief uh, maternal uh, of chief of maternal and and prenatal health and to be working with this family whom I love and who will take care of the American people, not, you know, not with a primary goal of, of, Killing and injuring them and taking profit from them. Um, we have an incredible number of, of products um, that are uh, naturopathic or safe and repurposed drugs, um, including an emergency medical kit with eight different potentially life threatening uh, life saving drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a spike formula that is uh, appears to be uh, um, uh, neutralizing, if you will, the spike. Spikeopathy, the spike protein bioweapon, um, and and these are safe, natural uh, medications. Uh, the medications that we have in the emergency medical kit, there's eight of them. Um, I every single every single family member, uh, if not family, in the entire world should have one of these because. I've been stocking up. You know, I've since the turn of the century. I'm, I'm a big proponent of being prepared, and I've ha- always had a large amount of these drugs on hand. Now, now, in this times that we're going in, where your government's trying to kill you, making false statements, literally false claims about safety and efficacy of the vaccine, which is deadly and lethal, telling us that there's another, you know, fear. Pornography. That there's going to be more uh, pandemics, and that you got to now. We've already had seven vaccines. Now they want to take us a vaccine every six months. This is ludicrous. Ridiculous. Get out of the healthcare system. Leave the healthcare system. Come to the wellness company or to another parallel healthcare system. There's FLCCC. There are several of them. There's there's another one. Uh, MyFreeDoctor.com. Doctor Ben Marble. I don't care where you go. Go, uh, I'd love you for you to come to the wellness company. I know these people. I love them. They're my family and I'm committed to them. And I'm committed to pushing the safe and effective products that, that we have developed. Um, and, um, I would invite, uh, anybody in the medical care system. Don't ever go to another hospital, uh, again, without asking your administrator, your nurse, and your doctor, One important question, are you willing to lose your job to save my life or my baby's life? And if they say, yeah, we are, they're lying because (laughs) I've worked with them all. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, Dr. Thorpe, that was a terrific conversation. And I have to tell you, I always question when I don't know exactly where my guest is coming from, because I did go to your website. I did read a lot of information on you, but it's obvious that you are one of those special people that have been understanding the depth of the problem and understanding the, the deception that is behind the whole system for a very long time. And I'm just tickled because you you're talking history. Uh, you talk about Kennedy, Kennedy assassination, the CIA, DARPA. We need to bring DARPA, DOD. I'm also a veteran, and I work with a lot of flag officers uh, from all over uh, the country who come on my program. I work with uh, General Tom McInerney, uh, General Paul Vallely. Uh, I've I've worked with uh, General Joe Arbuckle and a whole bunch of others. In fact, uh, we did at one time uh, had uh, uh, General Michael Flynn on this podcast, so I know a lot of these uh, folks, and they feel like you. And you know, it's amazing because they have somehow. Uh, been able to silence so many really, really good people with intimidation and lies and disenfranchisement, de licensing, all the things that they've done. But guess what? I don't think it's working anymore. And I, for the first time in my life, the last two years, I see that we are actually scaring the living BGs out of these guys because they wouldn't be reacting the way they are if they weren't terrified that we have finally exposed the depth of the corruption and what they're trying to do. And I'm, I'm going to make a statement that I want you to please chime in on this. UN Agenda 21 and the World Economic Forum have openly talked about the reduction of the human population to fewer than a billion people. It's in uh, all, of their, all of their writings. I mean, it's, it's literally plastered throughout the biodiversity documents, everything else. This program that you're talking about right now with uh, the COVID jab uh, fits very well within that that whole thing And now on uh, we're understanding the connections between uh, the transhumanist agenda and the fact that uh, they are putting all this, Bizarre technology into these vaccines, the mRNA, the graphene oxide, all the things that are going into these jabs are part of a program to literally eliminate the human race as was created in God's image and try to replace it with a transhuman. Species that's totally different. Did I stir anything there that you want to maybe comment on?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I I think that everything that you stated appears to be accurate. Um, And you know, two years ago or three years ago, when I started this journey, I I wouldn't have, uh, I would have kept silent at this point. But you know, the the data now is so overwhelming. Um, It's Mm -hmm. so overwhelming. You know when you read the Braggins book, uh, COVID-19 and and the global, uh, the, the the global predators, we are the prey. I mean, you look at that, read that book. You know, you read John Leake and Peter Hackath- uh Peter uh, McCullough's book. Uh, you you read the book of uh, RFK J- Jr. You know, the real Anthony Fauci. You know, you start keeping track of this. You, you look at Event 301. You know, in October of of 20. 20- Nineteen. I mean, this is absurd. All these patents, all these publications, clearly show that this was a planned event. And you, as you pointed out, you got BARDA, DARPA, DOD, which is probably a front for Moderna, and um, they're all crucially involved with with this uh, global bioweapon and and its development. So, yeah, you know, it's it shouldn't be surprising uh, for anybody. Um, You know, in the um, the federal news network, uh, Jory Heckman published on August 24th that there's now, you know, I I thought two years ago it was hundreds of millions. And maybe last year I thought maybe it was billions. But I was dead wrong. There's five trillion dollars, five trillion dollars, according to the federal news network, August 24th, Jory Heckman. Look it up. $5 Five trillion dollars that this administration has put out to buy and deceive and capture every single institution and highly influencing individual uh, in in this country, and and so nobody dares go against the narrative, or they they get destroyed. Um, I mean, look at look at Peter McCullough. Mm-hmm. I, th- there's not another person. That God created in this world right now, that is more qualified to lead this world out of the most catastrophic, colossal, clustered fubar in the history of medicine. And mm-hmm. look at how he's being attacked. I mean, he's being attacked voraciously. It's this is unconscionable. You know, you got you got heroes like um, Al, Doctor Al Zao. like. Peter McCullough, like Pierre Corey, like uh, Paul Merrick, like Dr. Uh, uh, Merritt, Lee Merritt. Lee Merritt, Uh, yeah. So, so many other heroes. Um, I have three whistleblowers. There's three of us here in Florida. Um, You know, Dr. uh, Dan McDyer of of Jacksonville, um, Dr. Kimberly Biss of St. Pete, and me of, of uh you know we're standing up we're telling everybody the truth i, I want to make one more point and i'll shut up um no we
2: don't want you shutting up but we'll get al back in a little bit anyway
0: <laughs> i, I want to make it clear to the world and the american people this government these evildoers they targeted my patients they targeted women for two reasons and i have proof of this you know you you look at the Proof that was put out by Secretary, Deputy uh, Secretary Mark Weber of HHS bragging about capturing the most influential, the 61,000 OBGYN doctors by the American College of OBGYN. Why? They were a family member. Why did they go after them? They went after women for two reasons. Number one, women make all the healthcare decisions in every culture all over the world. It's not us men, even us men that are doctors, you know, you know, uh, y- y- you think Dr. McCullough or Dr. Thorpe or, you know, Dr. Corey or Dr. Merrick made the health decisions in their family? No, our wives do. That's just the way it is. Men and women are different. That's why if they can capture women and they can capture the women's doctors, piece of cake, number one. Number two, the reason why they've targeted pregnant women is very clear and simple. They knew it was the deadliest drug ever rolled out on February 28th, 2021. They knew it was the deadliest drug ever rolled out in the history of medicine. And on page 12, on page 12 of that report, they weren't even supposed to be treating pregnant women. They treated 270 of them. The outcomes were a bloody disaster. They had an 81% miscarriage rate. That's a higher miscarriage rate than the abortion pill, RU486 and mephipristone. That's fact. They had a, a fetal death rate five-fold greater than it should have been. They have a neonatal death rate that's eightfold greater than it should have been. 14.7% of the babies that were breastfed had complications for the mothers who had the vaccine. This is fact. They tried to hide it for 50 to 75 years. Then they roll out this campaign to push this deadly poison to my patients globally. They targeted women. And that's why I'm targeting the American College of OBGYN, the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology, and the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine. It's these three individual organizations that have perpetrated the crime on all of my pregnant women globally. And they're going to be judged, Mm -hmm. not by me, by their creator. Mm -hmm. They're going to be judged.
2: Well, Dr. Thorpe, you've hit the right audience because we have a very very Christian audience. And what you're saying, and I was going to get to that, we are literally in the battle of good and evil. We are in the extermination of the human race as God created it, or we are going to survive as the Bible uh, foretells. So, But we're going to be, we are literally going to have to go through hell in the process to save our world. Thank God there are people like you and Al who are willing to risk your lives, your fortunes, and your sacred honor to protect this wonderful country and the people of the world. Thank you with that. All right, Al, back uh, back to you. Wow, <laughs> that was quite a uh, quite a good discussion, uh, uh, Doctor Thorpe. I I hope you and I can become good friends because I know we've got a lot of the same ideas, and I know that we've got a lot of the same people that we communicate with. Uh, Doctor Lee Merritt is a very very good friend of mine, and I know of no one who is as willing to uh open up and tell the truth, at least until I met you. <laughs> so that's that. uh Al. <laughs> thank you. Al, um uh, so let's talk about what's happening now with your moving forward with a case against uh University of uh uh Central uh, North Carolina Central University. Let, let's. Uh, I know you can't get into the weeds. I know you can't get into the details, but we can talk about how this process has evolved. Because even that, the university system did their very level best to make it very difficult for you to move forward. So let's talk
3: about that. Well, thank thanks so very much, uh, Dan. And and before I. I speak about that. I just want to make just a a couple of comments on Dr. Thorpe's excellent presentation to your listeners. Uh, One, I've been involved since 1999 with the promotion of wellness for the wellness uh, industry versus the sickness industry. And I am so grateful that the wellness company exists such that it could provide and link people to a lifestyle of wellness. This is exactly the paradigm that I have been promoting uh, since 1999 in terms of wanting people to connect to products and services that will keep them in the wellness side of the industry as opposed to the sickness side of, of the industry. So I'm so very grateful that uh, Dr. Thorpe has joined the wellness company and has been promoting you know, the type of connections that we need. Uh, for those of us who do not want to become and stay a customer of the sickness industry. So I just wanted to say that uh, as well. The the other thing too, in terms of the, the great incentives that have been put out to universities that have really impacted uh, students, faculty, staff, and also the parents of those students as well have had to suffer because they've seen their children uh, excited to attend a university, to pursue their dreams and hopes, and then then to have those just dashed by these draconian measures that have been placed uh, before them. And I wanted to mention again about this get vaccinated or get tested regularly uh, program, which was shot down by the U.S. Supreme Court. And I just wanted to mention that for your listeners, that all they have to do is to do the to, to, to put into their search bars this this lawsuit. And they will find out that uh, this get vaccinated or get tested. The Supreme Court indicated that the question that was really before the court with that particular case was who holds the power to do what OSHA did. And they said the answer is clear under the law as it stood that day, the power rests with the states and Congress, not OSHA. And in the situation with my particular lawsuit, that is what I have alleged is that the University of North Carolina system, which Dr. Thorpe mentioned about them with the gain-of-function research, uh, those of us who know what really happened, and I didn't really know it when I joined the system and I joined North Carolina Central University. I had no clue about this research that had been done by various professors at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, but in fact had been engaged in this type of um, of research, this gain of function research to really undermine uh the very issues that we are trying to pursue in terms of of uh, integrity integrity and in science, etc but to actually, To start a human experiment called -called so-called COVID-19 pandemic. And the courts were very clear about this get vaccinated or get tested regularly program and mandate. They described it as a blunt instrument. And that it was, that it was a very blunt instrument towards the employees and the students who were confronted under duress. And that's one of the things I wanted to make clear to the audience is that when you're there as a 18 year old to 24 year old traditional college student maybe away from home, all of a sudden now you're being confronted with, okay, you need to get this so-called vaccine or which is experimental. There's absolutely no liability. If you die or adversely injured, you have no, no recourse, Mm -hmm. but we want you 18 year old student to make this life decision. And by the way, We're going to offer you beer, donuts, all kinds of foolishness in order to coerce these young students into making life decisions about something, an experimental drug being injected into their bodies. And so the the U.S. Supreme Court stopped uh, this particular get vaccinated, get tested, which targeted, by the way, 100 million employees in America. 100 million. And then fortunately, the U.S. Supreme Court stepped up and indicated that this blunt instrument could not move forward and that President Biden had exceeded his authority in commissioning OSHA to do what they did. And so as it relates to my uh, case as it stands, uh, it has been filed and I am now at the... uh, stage of the litigation where motions have been filed in terms of motions to dismiss the lawsuit, et cetera. And of course, I have to respond to that accordingly. But one of the things that I know is that the truth will set us free. And no matter what happens in the litigation, I know that I have stood for what is right, what is honest, and what is true, just as Dr. Thorpe has done, uh, you know, what what happened to him at the system. Uh, that the health system in which he worked for and, and and was the top producer for them and in exchange they said this is the thanks you get you know we will now wrongfully terminate the greatest doctor that they've ever employed at that system this is what they do and so as it relates to uh, my litigation I am moving forward with the hope that it is by the grace of God that he has commissioned me to move forward to stand against this, quote unquote, Goliath that I'm going against, uh, the actual army of lawyers for the North Carolina Attorney General's office, which represents the the defendants in which I have sued. But I am fully confident, uh, as the scripture says, and your listeners who are Christians may know this scripture, that he who has begun a good work in me will perfect that work, Until the day of Christ Jesus. And so I'm not really concerned about the end result because I already know that the battle is not mine, it's really the Lord's. And I'm just a mere instrument being used in the hands of God, as Dr. Thorpe is being used for us to have a clarion call for those who want to commit to honesty and truth and not any deception. And it's that deception that I have alleged in my lawsuit, what I've call an an illusion of legality. Because so many people were deceived to think that, oh yeah, I've got to do this. But really there was really no real legal authority whatsoever for these uh, tyrants to do what they did to so many millions of people. And so within my lawsuit, I am calling that to question and hopefully the federal judiciary, the federal judge in which I'm before, I would hope that the federal judge and in this same district in North Carolina, a previous case where Governor uh, Cooper of North Carolina uh, during, I think it was 2020, uh, when the edict was issued about uh, lockdowns and Christians not even being able to go to church, no more than 10 people could congregate at one time. Well, when that occurred, fortunately, a federal judge stepped in and indicated, no, Governor Cooper, you cannot move forward because there is, quote, no pandemic exception to the Constitution of the United States. And I want your listeners to really let that just soak into their minds that there is no pandemic exception to the Constitution of the United States. We have God-given rights of life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness. And constitutionally, we know the Constitution says to us that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created and women created equal, and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And this COVID-19 so-called mystery injection that was forced upon millions of people Undermined and was totally contrary to the will of Almighty God. And so when they did what they did, they invoked the raft of Almighty God for those Christians who are in the audience and make sure of this, that he will seek the, and avenge the innocent blood that's on the hands of all of these people who forced this upon students, faculty, staff, employees, and others throughout the nation, and those mothers that Dr. Thorpe is talking about and all of his patients, that they will have to reap what they have sown. Mm
2: -hmm. Absolutely. Well, um, I'm going to make a a statement. I'm going to put a few things together here, and then I guess I'm going to uh, ask both of you gentlemen to talk about it. Obviously, when we look at what happened uh, with the uh, the so-called uh, COVID pandemic, we refer to it as the pandemic. But what did they do? Well, you're right. They tried to shut down churches. They shut down small businesses. They uh, made people be isolated from their families and and stuck in their homes. They did they closed schools. They closed public parks, they closed beaches. They literally changed the entire economy of the country, shut it completely down. Uh, They ended up creating this enormous welfare state because they handed out all these uh, so-called, well, I don't even know what they call them, but uh, I call them pandemic bonuses where they paid people for staying home and doing nothing. And meanwhile, 50% of the small businesses in the United States died because of the COVID pandemics. Uh, who profited from this? Big pharma, big business, box stores, uh, Costco, the big box stores, it was okay for them to stay open. Uh, it was okay for strip bars and uh, bars to stay open and to serve liquor to unlimited numbers of people, but yet a church couldn't meet so that Christians could celebrate Christ together. Now, let's hear what you think about the ultimate purpose of this, and I know what it's going to be, but I want you to say it for your listeners, for our listeners.
1: Um, Dr. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll be happy to t- I'll be happy to take that. I won't shy away from that. I, <laughs> I would just echo exactly what all the elites have been saying for the last 50 years on both sides of the aisle. They're producing depopulation and they you you know I I'm writing a book right now should be published next month. It's about the vaccine and pregnancy, but a whole chapter of the book I go through exactly what the elites have said for the last forty years, if you look at their words and their verbiage, it's like a no-brainer. And they're so arrogant that they think they're gods. And in fact, they're trying to act like gods. What do they do? In in is it northeastern Georgia? They constructed in nineteen eighty the Georgia guidestones, which are massive marble monuments. What do they do in in Um, they wrote 10 commandments down in stone. I believe in seven different languages in stone. Does that sound familiar? It sounds like they got some kind of, they think they're God or something. They're trying to mimic God writing 10 commandments in stone. What was the first commandment? We will be committed to keep the population of the entire earth down to 500 million or less. That was carved in stone interestingly it was blown up last year um so so you know when when uh, when when people tell me that they're going to kill me or they're, or they're going to destroy my country uh then you know I tend to take those people seriously you know by the way the, the whoever built that and funded it why did they remain anonymous and why was it blown up I mean, these are all – it's very, very clear that, um, in, in my opinion, the way that I see it, as I've studied thousands of hours into reading all these testimonies and all these books and looking at the patents and the paper trail of publications and the money flow, this was a planned event. You know, the rollout of the EUA was nothing other than totally illegal. We had a drug, hydroxychloroquine which was totally safe and effective and proven to be safe and effective, uh, acknowledged by Fauci from 2005. This was a repurposed drug, a a drug that its parent drug has been used since the 1600s of the Mm -hmm. cinchona tree bark, chloroquine. It was bragged upon by our federal government, by the CDC, by the FDA on their website Bragging about how safe it was in pregnancy and in breastfeeding women and children. I've used hydroxychloroquine in pregnancy for 40 years, 200 milligrams twice a day. Mm-hmm. Women uh, who are not pregnant have uh, anywhere from three to tenfold greater risk of autoimmune disease than their male same age counterparts. So it's the young women that develop these autoimmune diseases probably a lot from vaccinations um, that that are treated with hydroxychloroquine, 200 milligrams twice a day. When they get pregnant, they're not taken off in the first trimester. They're continued on it. For 40 years, I've been doing it. I knew that was a safe and effective drug. It was proven safe in 2005 for Mm SARS-CoV-1. They falsely impugned that drug because illegally, it would have been illegal to roll out an EUA emergency use authorization. Exactly. And How did they do that? They they have all the power in the world. He who pays the piper calls the tunes. Five trillion dollars they've dashed out. OK, it's no big deal to buy the Lancet to uh, capture the Lancet. And and they in May of 2020, through Surgisphere, Mandeep Mara, lead author, publishes allegedly 96000 patients on multiple different continents in just five months, and his his conclusion? It's dangerous and it doesn't work. It was a total lie. There's no way they could have done that. But the damage was done. We called them out. They retracted the article. They had to. It was fake. They didn't even assuage the data. They didn't even manipulate the data. They made it all up. Wow. They are responsible for killing well in excess and injuring 50 million people globally, probably hundreds of millions the taking away the early treatment with nutraceuticals and hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, it was 99% effective. The science is in. We now know that. Allegedly, COVID-19 killed almost 7 million people globally and injured at least three times that. That's almost 30 million people just from not treating early COVID disease with appropriately as Dr. McCullough and Dr. Zelenko and Dr. Ben Marble, Dr. Pierre Corey, countless others proved that it was safe and effective. They had a lot of blood on their hands and then they rolled in the EUA and the vaccine has killed and injured scores more Mm -hmm. than than COVID-19. Scores more. And I can Mm -hmm. quote the data in, in any way you want it, probably a little bit too deep into the weeds for this, but my point is that these are global terrorists. This is perpetrated by the great Satan, the United States of America, and nobody else. Not Putin, not Xi Jinping, not the nutcase from North Korea, uh, Korea North—I uh, yeah. was going to say UNC, but no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> well, we've got North there, Korea, <laughs> Uh And, and uh, Iran. No, it's not these evil regimes. It's ours that yeah. perpetrated this globally on innocent people, including women and children.
2: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I'm glad that this got brought up, uh, that uh, Al, oh. uh, Al, I wanted to uh, make sure that uh, uh, you had a chance to talk about uh, Dr. Barrett at University of North Carolina, because they were having a bit of a, uh issue there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not getting any sound on my end. Absolutely. I think it must be, uh, I must be. I must have uh, been going on too big
0: of a rant here. You
2: guys. (laughs) Well, you're, you're disconnected because ours is working. So I can hear you fine. So
0: it just came back on
2: now. Oh, it did. Okay. All right. You hear me? Okay. Yeah. Al, I, I just asked Al to respond about Dr. Barrett at, uh, University of North Carolina, and the fact that uh, he and the uh, Obama administration were deeply involved in the, uh, well, I call it the weaponization. They call it gain-of-function funding that went back to the Wuhan lab. Uh, Barrett even talked openly about it. Uh, They might have a little something to
3: hide, might they? Well, i tell you, Absolutely. Dan, it's public knowledge that the questioning of the origins of the whole COVID-19 pandemic kept going back to uh, the gain-of-function research that was conducted at the University of North Carolina uh, at Chapel Hill, where Professor Ralph Barrick is, in fact, the professor that jointly for many, many years uh, engaged in and receive millions, if not billions, of grant dollars in order to pursue this so-called gain of function. That Dr. Uh, David uh, Martin, I would recommend to your All viewers, right. that he really broke it down uh, when he was before the this year. Uh, I think back in uh, March, maybe when he spoke before the European. Uh, union parliament, and he broke it all down with all of the evidence in terms of the role in which the University of North Carolina uh, at Chapel Hill, their involvement with the patents that they had, these patents which would then lead to the type of research of the so-called medical countermeasures. And for the listening audience, if they would look up Peter Dasick. Uh, Eco Alliance, they will find out that back in 2016, there was a major conference that was held on the uh, medical countermeasures in which Peter Daszak publicly stated about needing to have hype. And I put this in my lawsuit. I quoted uh, Dr. David Martin, where he shows how Peter Daszak, in fact, talked about if the hype is there, in terms of a pandemic, uh, influenza pandemic style, then in fact, the investors will come running towards that hype because they will see at the end of that hype, the profits. And sure enough, that was you know the business model that, if you will, that Peter Dasig announced that this will work, this will bring in the investors. And sure enough, right after Pfizer was approved, in December of 2020, right after they were approved, immediately then it was reported that the vaccine bond market just escalated, skyrocketed Mm -hmm. right away with the fact that now we've got this Pfizer so-called alleged vaccine now that has received EUA um, and that the public now can uh, have to consume this uh, so-called vaccine immediately. That translated into the investors coming in to allegedly invest in. And I didn't realize they had something called vaccine bonds. Definitely wow. vaccines bonds in terms of the investment market uh, investing in those types of bonds to get the return on those investments. Uh, even though it appears as though on the surface, oh, this is very a good thing that we're able to promote and this so-called safe and effective vaccine, when in fact it was nothing other than not safe and effective. And the adverse effects that uh, have been discovered through the FOIA request showed that thousands and thousands of adverse effects and deaths occurred as soon as Pfizer started their clinical trials. And it's all there. Naomi Wolf has already exposed it uh, in her book. And I know that Dr. Thorpe was even on her program talking about that in terms of how they were exposed, um, uh, Pfizer in terms of hiding documents that they wanted to keep suppressed for 75 years mm-hmm. such that you know, everybody would die off by the time that this uh, these atrocities are discovered, but thank God that one federal judge says, no, we're not going to allow you 75 years in order to produce these public documents that the public has a right to see and to be exposed to. And we know what happened with that. And so we see that all of those lies and and the deception has been documented and it all traces back in a lot of ways back to this uh, gain of function and this research right at the University of North Carolina system mm-hmm. constituent institution, which is UNC Chapel Hill and Professor Ralph Barrett. And of course, there, there have been litigation raising uh, uh, Professor Barrett, uh name about this. And of course, uh, Senator Paul Rand as well brought this up before the Senate hearing committee questioning the potential origins not being in Wuhan, but possibly being right at the University of North Carolina as in fact, uh, and with collusion with, with Pfizer uh, as exposed by Dr. David Martin. So indeed, it's amazing. And of course we know who now is the head of the CDC, surprisingly in terms of the connections with North Carolina. It is the former North Carolina Head secretary of HHS is now the head of CDC. So you've got a lot of Is that is that Basera? No, that's a Mandy Barnes, a Mandy Barnes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was the you know former head in North Carolina. It's amazing though when you talk about Dan connecting the dots. Yeah. yeah. When you start connecting dots, it goes all the way back, you know, as Dr. David Martin talked about, all the way back, you know, 30, 40 years. You've got Mm -hmm. Pfizer patenting their, uh, uh, you know, so-called drugs for so-called bats or whatever. And then that then fast forwards into other patents, which fast forwards also into the development of this research, gain of function research that's designed to in fact, kill human beings. And then we roll out this human experimentation globally, Globally, in order to force innocent individuals worldwide, it started off. Oh, let's look. Let's use this so-called vaccine experimental on the elderly population, all 60 plus. Next thing you know, we go from 60 plus. Now it's it's 40 years old. Now it's college age. Now you go from the college age to high school students. Now. As Dr. Thorpe knows, they now have recommended it on the schedule of vaccines for babies for right babies. out of the womb. Yeah. And so, you know, when is this going to stop? Well, we have to stand up as human beings and say enough is enough. We cannot allow these types of atrocities to continue. It started in this country. We know about the Tuskegee experiment. We know about mm-hmm. that. 1930s. Then we fast forward up to the 1950s and then we had a, a, a woman by the name of Henrietta Lacks. Henrietta Lacks, African-American female who, gave, who came to, uh, to, to get services from Johns Hopkins University. And what did they do? They stole her sales, used them without her informed consent and pharmaceutical companies have made billions and modern medicine has been impacted by the continual use of her sales outside of her body, continually to this very day, and some of you listeners might know that a lawsuit was filed by the estate of Henrietta Lacks, by her grandchildren, for the theft, intellectual property, and otherwise, of her cells, which are called, by the way, HeLa cells, H-E-L-A, well-known within the the medical community, well-known within the scientific community, Community, well known with the pharmaceuticals and big pharma. And what do they do? Exploit and manipulate and profit off this lady's sales. And on her 103rd birthday, amazingly, a settlement, uh, which is confidential, the settlement though, but the uh, Thermo Scientific, I believe, it's the pharmaceutical company that was sued they had to come and settle the case. And of course, they'll deny all liability, but we know that it's settled. And now the family has gone after other big farmer companies that exploited and manipulated and profited from the theft of Henrietta Lack's sales. And so we are in a fight and a battle, but we that know the Lord know that the end of the story for this battle, and we know that victory will come but we must stand up for what is right, right now. And silence is not golden in this situation. You have to step forward because you, right. you are under assault daily. And as you mentioned, Dan, they're now talking about, you know, reinstituting uh facets of COVID-19. And we do know one particular historically black college uh, has been announced that they were going to Institute mask again. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's amazing in light of the African American community from Tuskegee on. That's why there's been this so called vaccine hesitancy within people of color because of what the atrocities that were suffered by people of color. And what do they do? They get ready to roll it out at a quote, a historically black college and university, North Carolina Central University, which I totally. I'll totally honor that university. I thank them for the opportunity that they gave me to serve them as chief of staff. And I was not going to stand by and allow an illegal act to force into their bodies this experimental vaccine and knowing the type of hesitancies that exists within that community. But one thing we know for sure is that COVID-19 pandemic has no regard for any race, ethnicity, no type of economic status, socioeconomic status. We're coming for you, all of you, all Mm -hmm. of humanity made in the image and the likeness of God himself as documented in the Holy Bible. And one of the things I want to say about the Holy Bible is this. A lot of listeners may not know this. A lot of people may not know this, but all 50 states and their constitution reference God, or a divine. And what I'm saying is that we have a constitutional right that our, we, the people, we, the people, decided to form a government that was based upon Judeo-Christian principles, whether you like it or not, is evidence, and is documented in the Declaration of Independence, is documented all throughout history, mm-hmm. and that we cannot, as Dr. Thorpe said, turn our backs and become this nation of Satan, which was built on and founded on the principles of Almighty God, and that is this, that yes, a true and a living God does exist. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob does exist. This country for 247 years have been able to exist the way that we have solely because of that. Not because we're perfect as a nation, no but because we acknowledge the true and the living God, and that God has protected this country. But we are slowly, no, actually quickly, we are losing those protections because we've decided as, quote, a nation to turn our backs on the true and the living God and to say, oh, we will just do what we want, live as we want to live. And now as uh, Klaus Schwab, says, you will be happy and own nothing. This is right in our face. It's a lie from the pit of hell, and it's a lie that we are going to have to stand up against. And I I join my dear brother, Dr. Thorpe, as we move forward to come against this wickedness, this, this satanic plot that we've all had to deal with. And so, I just thank you, Dan, for this opportunity, and I want to say one more thing to your listeners. If you'd like to know more about my lawsuit, you can visit alzow.net, and on alzow.net, you will be able to see my lawsuit as well as a very sad story about a a man by the name of a student who all he wanted to do was to pursue his career. His name is George Watts Jr. He's on my website. The video talks about how this young man at 24 years old, he just wanted to take classes on campus in New York at the community college. What did he have to do? He had to take again, under duress, he had to make a decision to take this so-called vaccine. So he decided to take Pfizer. He thought he was waiting on Pfizer that had, quote unquote, been approved, but he wasn't, it was a bait and switch. He wasn't taking the community, uh, a so-called Pfizer approved drug. What he was taking was the EUA, uh, you know, adverse effect, myocarditis, et cetera. And unfortunately, this young man, after vomiting up blood and everything else, within two weeks, a healthy young man, he then loses his life. And the first In the country, this lawsuit uh, from his estate shows a a, a medical examiner who decided that, yes, this young man died uh, uh, directly because of the Pfizer vaccine caused his death. And so many coroners have been reluctant, as we both know, uh, Dr. Thorpe, scared to death because if they conclude that, then that's going to then cause major repercussions to their career, their families, etc., because of the large amount of blood money that has been distributed. As Dr. Thor- Thorpe said, trillions of dollars have been distributed to keep a gag order and a self-censorship on people. But we know that we refuse to be self-censored because we have inalienable rights and those are god-given rights and if anyone wants to support my litigation that i'm involved in i have a legal fund as well because i'm up against this army of lawyers and there are expenses to pursue and to prosecute complex litigation as i have and anyone who would be interested in supporting that as well as supporting my efforts to get the word out nationally about this atrocity can also visit alzow.net to support my efforts to get the word out as Dr. Thorpe has been getting the word out himself. Thank you so much, Dan.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. Anyway, uh, I I thank you for all of those comments. Uh, David Martin's been a guest on my program before I actually know David, Um, and there were 73 patents associated with COVID. Now. The important point that he made when he was at the EU and talking with the German doctors over there and the attorneys was that you cannot get a patent on a naturally occurring substance. You cannot do that. So all this stuff has been artificially created and to have 73 patents that go back clear back to 1998. That's how far back they go. So they've been working on this for a very long time, uh, Doctor Thorpe, I've only, we've only got about five minutes left. I want to give you a chance to uh, say any remaining things that you would like to talk about, and give our listeners also how they can get a hold of you. Sure, uh, One Samuel chapter two, verse three,
0: verse thirty. One Samuel chapter two, verse thirty. God said this very clearly. I will honor those who honor me. I want to shout out to all of you in the FDA. We started this out by, we talked about Francis Odom Kelsey, the hero from 1962, who was awarded a huge honor on stage in front of the world by President John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Now, things have gotten worse in the last 60 years. I'm urging everybody, my fellow physicians, my fellow nurses, my colleagues that work at the HHS and the CDC, if you're silent, you are complicit in killing these patients. Doctors, if you're staying silent and you're collecting your paychecks, you are not honoring your creator and you are not honoring God and you will be judged. Listen, you need to fess up You need to be bold. Uh, You come out and you speak the truth. Uh, And not only will God honor you, but I will honor you. Just like I honored Dr. Asim Mahaltra, who did just that. He pushed the vaccine. He was a poster boy for pushing the vaccines in the UK. He came out a year and a half ago and did an academic metanoia and said I was wrong. Same thing with Steve Kirsch. These are my heroes, there is no greater hero, but you doctors, 95% of you, 98% of you that are collecting your paychecks and staying silent, you will be judged by God and by God, you better fess up and you better make an apology just like Steve Kirsch did, just like Asim Malhotra and countless others didn't say, hey, I made a mistake. You're a human being, you have the right to make a mistake. I've made mistakes, I've made errors, I've publicly confessed. That's a crown of honor to publicly mm-hmm. confess your error. Um, and speaking of errors, I think I made one earlier in this platform. I, It wasn't, it was Ralph Barrick that I was thinking of uh, associated with UNC, mm-hmm. not, not Francis Collins. So I stand corrected on that, speaking of errors. Um, when I was born in 1953, in 1953, you, you know, the, the risk of uh, a vaccine autism in, in 19, 1953 is like 1 in 20,000, 1 in 10,000. You know what it is right now? It's it's 1 in 30, wow. 1 in 32. And so w- you have to think about what is it that we've done to cause this? I have a, a whistleblower, a policewoman, and she's in charge of collecting and investigating the SIDS deaths, she has over 250 cases, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, and her pediatrician. They'll remain anonymous. They're whistleblowers. She's investigated over 250 cases, not just in the pandemic, but preceding the pandemic. This is very interesting. Of those babies that died of sudden infant death syndrome, usually most of the time, it's in the first year of life and most concentrated, you know, four months of life or thereabouts. 80% of those deaths occurred within one week of a vaccination. 50% of them occurred within 48 hours of a vaccination. And when I look at P- Dr. Peter McCullough, who um, is, I think, a hero of heroes, standing. Um, way, way, way above uh, everybody else, in my opinion. Sat in the Texas State Senate. I believe it was is 2020 or 2021 or 2022 Texas State Senate. Amazing. He quoted the exact same numbers as my whistleblower police officer with the COVID vaccines. Exact same number, 40 to 50% dead within 48 hours. 80% dead within seven days of the vaccine. It is unparalleled, it's unbelievable. It makes one go back. And, and then the other thing the whistleblower said is that, um, and her pediatrician corroborated her, th- these are all true. And the American Academy of Pediatrics, according to this pediatrician, uh, and, uh, and according to this whistleblower, they train pediatricians on how to gaslight women and parents who have lost a baby with sudden infant death syndrome, they blame it on home abuse, child abuse. They have cha- uh, and and they mock, they intimidate. If they come against and question the vaccine, they turn it back on those mothers and fathers who lost a baby. Can you imagine that? This That's is incredible. this is how corrupt this organization is. And and she's a second policewoman that has come out. Um, the other one is, is under litigation now. Um, and, and it's the same story. So, listen, those of you in the industry, come out. It's very liberating to come out and speak the truth and say, hey, I was wrong. I made a mistake. This is what's going on. And by God, do it before your last breath because you're not going to have another chance after your last breath. You're going to be tortured. You're going to be tortured for all eternity, knowing that you lived in a lie. Live in the truth, proclaim the truth, shine the light. And the more you speak the truth, the more confidence, the more peace, and the more truth you will be given. The exact opposite is true with a lie. Dan, thank you so much for having me on. I'm Dr. Jim Thorpe from Gulf Breeze, Florida, Pensacola, Florida, Uh, Dr. Al Zhao. Thank you so much. God bless you, sir. Uh, well, I will salute you. you down.
2: Thank you. I will salute you too. And, uh, Al, I, you guys have been just fabulous. Incidentally, the company, your, your medical group you work with now is called the wellness company and, uh, people can find that online and you are in, uh, you are in charge of the OB GYN, uh, Um, child program, the fetal, uh, what's the right term for that?
0: My title is uh, the Chief of Maternal and Prenatal Health. Prenatal Health. And I'm honored to be with the Wellness Company. Um, Everybody in the country, uh, come visit our site. Get out of bondage. Get out of Egypt. Get out of slavery. Come over to the truth and the light at the Wellness Company. Um, With Dr. Peter McCullough, myself. And many others.
2: God bless you. Well, God bless you. And thank you for being so upfront and honest about this. I hope we will stay in touch because I think we could become very, very good friends over a period of time. You are a true gentleman, Al. I know you very well. And I know you are a true gentleman. And both of you gentlemen are Christian solid, good Christian man, this is what we need to do. And as I tell my viewers and my listeners, all they need to do is just say no. Just say no. Refuse to go along with these insane programs. Gentlemen, thank you again. Ladies and gentlemen, join us again on Tuesday for Connecting the Dots, and thank you for joining us today. We refer to this as the Sunday program that replaces the NFL with intellectual intellectual programming. So, thank you.
1: From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee cross the plains of texas oh from sea to shining sea from detroit down to houston new york to la where there's pride in every american heart and it's time we stand and say